I know I'm speaking to a dreamer. I know I'm speaking to a visionary and a creative. I know I'm speaking perhaps to someone who has said yes to God calling and yet they still feel inhibited. They still feel like something is holding them down. Well, today's guest, Adam Flores, is going to break the chains of what that may in fact be. He speaks to 10 oppressions. He speaks to the spirit of poverty. He speaks to your soul and he speaks to the identity within you in which propels you into greatness. I am sure this is going to blow your mind. I am also sure that his free course associated to it, which you can get in the show notes, is going to serve you abundantly. So say yes, do something for yourself. Actually, no, do something for the kingdom today. By saying yes to your God dream, that's exactly what you're doing. So stay tuned, hang out with Adam and I, surely tag us. We would love to connect with you. And more so importantly, do this today, friend. We see you, we hear you, we love you. You are made for this. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. All right, all right. Coming in hot with the one and only Adam Flores. So excited to have you here today, brother. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I love your intro. That's a fire intro. It's fun, right? Fun. <laughs> Always brings energy. Every time I see a different person and your face, your beautiful face will be on there at some point too. I just, I remember those moments and it's like, the moments between the snapshot, right? Where it's just like, it's so good. Um, and I take something from every conversation and I hope the listeners do too. And so I'm excited to see where this leads us. Um, we've had many conversations actually in the last couple of weeks and it's been awesome, not only just to get to know you, but to share you with my community. And so this just feels like an extension of that as we get to dive in deeper into your faith and all the things that truly are the foundation, not only of how you speak, but how you carry yourself. It's even what clients have already told me after experiencing you of being just like so calm and, and eloquent in the way that you speak and show up. And so I know people are going to feel peace. I'm like a energizer bunny. <laughs> and so I'm excited for them to have both of us here today. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm, uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be, uh, to be a guest on your show. So absolutely. Well, I got to be one on yours on the Smart Hustle podcast. And you also have another podcast called the Spirit Driven Success podcast. So I actually have to be honest, I have not tuned into that one because I'm kind of addicted to Smart Hustle. It's so good. And I love like the short snippets of it. And so it'll, it'll be another area for us to be able to get to know one another. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll have to have you on the Spirit Driven Success show as well. So that's to come. That'd be great. That'd be great. So talk to me, Adam, talk to me about how you started and when exactly did you unlock the fact that you were a kingdom strategist and what does that actually mean to you and the people that you serve? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, it it comes from, you know, growing up, I went through such a financial hardship, you know, um, I actually got separated from my mom at an early age because of finances. And, um, and that broke me because we had to go live with grandma for a while so she can get back on her feet. And so in that process, um, luckily I was able to, to come to Christ at an early age. And one of the most powerful things that I learned was that, uh, he becomes a father to the fatherless. And so I got to grow up with, with him as my dad, you know, I got to call uh, he, he, he became my father, not just the creator of heavens and earth, but he became my father and, and, and adopted me into the kingdom. And so I didn't grow up victimized. I didn't grow up like, where's my dad at? I didn't grow up in it because I, I had a personal relationship with God early on. So by the time I was, ter- by the time I turned 18, I wanted to do something great with my life. And uh, I was working at a golf course and I thought, what do people do? And they had businesses. And I said, God, if I can have the time and money to be able to play golf, like these people do in the middle of the day, I would do something great with my life. Like I will do amazing things, Right. And as they all had businesses, so I knew I wanted to get into business and, and I love the Lord. So I, I went on a journey to, 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 to start, start my own business. The only thing is I didn't have any credibility. I didn't have any experience. I didn't even have credit. So I got into direct sales to start. Um, and in that experience, it was awesome because, you know, I got a lot of free mentorship, you know, as you know, in direct sales, they, they, that they do a really good job of providing that. And, uh, but the problem is I, I wasn't good at it. I was horrible at it. So I dealt with a lot of things, and that's where a lot of generational things started to show up for me. I, I dealt with um, I dealt with a poverty mindset, right? I dealt with um, just a spirit of poverty that's always going around. Like, can I really do this? Will this really work for me? Um, I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't, you know, uh, I didn't have that. I wasn't the person I was today, and and so I had a lot of spiritual warfare that I had to really uh, dive into. And so in that journey, I realized that you know. If every vision, there's a lot of resistance, not only in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. And so I began to fight in the spiritual realm. And it's amazing how that manifested in the physical realm. And so we've got to be able to understand how the enemy works, how the enemy wants to take us out, take us out of our God purpose, take us out of our God vision. And we do that by getting the wisdom from the Lord. Because he shows us exactly how to overcome the tricks of the enemy. And so I, be, I, I became a, a warrior uh, in Christ, a prayer warrior. I began to speak my victories. I began to resist the thoughts of the devil. And when I began to really step into my identity in Christ, then I no longer came to the agreement with those lies that the enemy tried to put in my head. And so I became passionate about kingdom strategy because I realized that when you get a kingdom strategy or, or you get a kingdom mindset, you learn to think the way that 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 is pleasing to God, or even in some aspects, you get to think the way that God would see something, right? And you get it, you get his perspective. And when you, when you learn how to think at a higher perspective, you can't help, but, you know, outwit the enemy literally. And so I'm so passionate about kingdom strategies because they take your life from one level to the next. Wow. That's incredible. I think the, the first part was just owed to grandma who introduced you to the Lord. Is that kind of where that was nurtured? So, so my grandma wasn't actually connected to the Lord. What happened is that um, my mom, after we moved back in with her, she started to drop my brother and I off at church. Ah, wow. Yeah. And that's where it happened. Was that more of she needed to go to work or she just needed some free time or? No, she ended up getting saved. And so, 
Yeah. So, I mean, and, and just a funny little story. So I grew up as a kid, four or five years old, listening to Easy E and Boys in the Hood. And just yeah. all that you should never listen to as a kid, right? So then my mom gets saved. And so when we moved back in with her, she explains to me like, hey, you know, we're no longer going to listen to that kind of music. So we went to country music. So to go from NWA to country is probably the most, you know, <laughs> radical exchange. Yeah. And then you go into worship and we went to a, like a more conservative church. And it's like the guy had like sandals and flip flops on playing worship, you know, Lord, I lift your name on high. Right. Yes. So I'm like, where am I? Like it was a complete <laughs> culture shock. Right. So it's what has also made me more dynamic today because I can listen to hip hop. I listen to country. I listen to worship. I love it all. You know, so it's, um, you know, but it's just a interesting start. <laughs> though because i i know that like that juxtaposition of like what culture is offering and what the church is offering and every church is different so i say church like very loosely in that uh that there's you know i listen to kb who's a christian rapper and then i listen to dante bowie who's just like reminds me of my like yellow card days back in high school (laughs) so so good that like we can take the the good and we can take even the extraction of culture and infuse it because it's not infusing culture into kingdom it's actually kingdom's idea right like i love in um the movie the shack did you ever see this i did oh gosh when um papa who is the i forget the woman's name beautiful black woman who plays like god the father right and Mm -hmm. she's in the kitchen and she's like jamming out and he comes in and he's like what are you listening to is that rap music and he's like no, that's my son. He's so good. He's making me so proud. And I'm like, you know, that's so true. Like that is a talent and a gift. And we need to lean into all of those expressions. Um, but yes, they can be done in a more uh, driven way for sure in the language that we use. So I want to move to the next part. And it's something even one of the people who are on live with us just mentioned about the shift of of being horizontally focused, which is really being culturally infused versus us going in with that sense of authority and really being dynamic to shift atmospheres based on whose we are, based on having that identity as a son, which is incredible. I did not even explore God being my father until I was in early 30s, it was just a couple of years ago. And it's been transformative to my life because I've always had a dad that was there, right? But just as I'm not the perfect mom, he wasn't the perfect dad. And there was always those gaps that were hard for me to conceptualize God as a father because it had never been presented that way. And it always felt like even more alpha than than a dad. And so I'd love to hear as you being a man in today's society and, and now a husband, how do you like take that authority, that father figure-esque and really serve clients serve your spouse or like the people that you're around? Yeah, definitely. Well, one of the things that oftentimes too, is that I want to go back to the father concept is that, you know, a lot of times, like you give what, what has been given to you. Right. And so when you don't have that earthly father there, the cool thing is that you get to receive the love of the father. And so what happened is this, is that, um, I, I, even though I knew he was my father, I had a big insecurity around the area of finances because of so much trauma seeing my mom grow around that, right? 
So it's like when I saw him as a father, it's like, boom, I get to receive the true love and security of the father, right? And he's a father of provision. And so if anybody's on here worrying about finances or bills or anything like that, he's the ultimate provider. And a lot of times we think that if we could just get to a certain amount of money, then we'll just be financially set, right? And although, you know, you can you can have that, the ultimate security comes from his provision. And so how that shows up in, you know, working with um with clients or working, you know, with people is when you get to have those side conversations and they're worried about bills and they're worried about how they're going to make it, right? Especially doing a lot of business coaching. It's like, hey, you know what's cool is if they don't know the father, it's like you get to, I want to introduce you to the father. I want to show you the inheritance that comes with that, that is yours right now. He wants to give you the love and security that your father was never able to give you, your earthly father. He wants to be able to allow you to experience that. And, um, and so it's an inheritance that we receive and, and in that inheritance is just comes with just so much covering and blessing and protection and correction as well. Mm, yeah. Correction, I think is a huge one. And for me, for, for sure, like understanding how to steward my finances in a correct manner. I felt like one of the biggest things when I met Jesus was this concept of like decluttering and like really allowing myself to create clarity in my space, in my, in my interior space, as much as my exterior space. And there was definitely an addiction to shopping, which was an immediate buyer's remorse. Like how often do we even yeah. buy like all the courses because we want to learn all the things. Yeah. And then we're like, shoot, I don't need any of that. Right. That's not even what I was looking for. Right. And it was, it was really hard at first. I, I actually did some like uh, challenges, like wardrobe challenges. I did a minimalist challenge. I tried all of these things in order to instill because I knew I was one of those people. I sell them. If you give me a checklist, I'm like, I'm going to get it done. I'm not going to not get it done. And so I felt like if I had a regimen, I could fall in suit with that. But every time that I would try to do it, God would interject that regimen and be like, I have another layer. I have something more that I want to teach you. And so in correction from a father being a parent, I know that there's so much more love around that rather than discipline or rather than completing a checklist that I'm so grateful for his grace in. And, and along with that, too, the, the, one of the most powerful things that we receive from the father is identity, right? And that's why you see a lot of people who don't have fathers growing up, they struggle with identity. Yeah. So that's one of the inheritances that come with him. And so one of the things that I really work with people on is breaking the spirit of poverty. And people don't understand a lot of times what that means exactly, or they use it interchangeably with a poverty mindset. But a spirit of poverty is actually different. I want to explain that for a second, because if you look at like Adam and Eve in the garden, right? There's a, they're in a world full of abundance. Like they had everything that they needed, but there was one thing that they couldn't touch, which was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And what did the enemy do? He got Eve to focus on the one thing that she was missing and he got her to believe in the lie, right? So we could be successful, but the enemy wants us to focus on what's missing so that we can come into agreement with lack and walk in the spirit of poverty. And so how do you know you're dealing with the spirit of poverty is because the enemy's voice is talking to you, trying to get you to focus on what you're missing. You think you'll ever be successful? You think God is ever going to bless you? You think you're ever going to make it to where God is calling you? You think God is ever going to use you? Look at your past. It's not our voice. It's an external voice, almost of torment, talking to you. And his goal is to get you into agreement with him so that you can come into agreement uh, with, with lies that keep you from your destiny, right? And so so with that... Um, you know, the lies do not have power 
in the presence of truth. So when you know your identity in God, then you're able to, in Christ, you're able to say, you're able to reject those, those lies because you know that, that they're not true. You know what God says about you. And so part of that story, when I was talking about battling spiritually in warfare, when the, the enemy was trying to use my upbringing against me, you didn't have a dad. You didn't, you don't, you know, you're not, you don't have what it takes. Look at the way people respond to you. You think you're going to be successful. You know, you don't have any resources. You don't even have any money. How do you expect to get ahead? So I had to fight and say, no, devil, that's a lie. That's not true. Right. I beautifully and wonderfully made God supply all my needs. You know, he tries to discourage me. Nope, that's a lie. Like God is the father in heaven. He's my daddy. You you have no authority over me or my mind, you know, back up in the name of Jesus. So I'm able to go to, to battle because when you know the truth, then you don't come into agreement with the lies. But when you don't know that, you can start to come into agreement with that voice. And so you begin to start to see everything that you're missing and it almost leads into what we call an oppression, which I'll talk about in a second. But um, but yeah, identity is the solution to breaking the spirit of poverty, knowing who you are. And that comes from the father. I love it. As you were talking, I was thinking back to like the beginning of our conversation with music and how in church recently, our pastor was talking about how the enemy can't possibly be in your ear and my ear at one time because he's not omnipresent. And that what he's done is created essentially a CD. I'm thinking of my old CD player that I used to listen to my one Mariah Carey CD for 12 hours straight on the way to Indiana on replay. 12 tracks, butterfly. It was so good. And I'm just thinking about how the enemy has essentially given us one track and we have nothing else to play because we've never interjected the truth. And that if we can actually extract that and learn through wisdom, through submission, through, uh, and those words are hard, right? Submission feels, people are like, I don't want to submit to anything, but it's, it's almost that surrender. I think is easier for us to accept. Like I want to be in the loving arms of my father. That's where identity is instilled. And then the enemy who we, we claim enemy, but it's really our own junk being repeated, 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 because we've never spoken anything else over our lives. And comparison is a a thief of joy, right? You hear this often, but people are constantly combating one another because they don't have the next best thing or the next right thing or the next shiny thing. And then why not stay in that space? And so the enemy's done a very conniving job of allowing himself with one voice to actually keep people in that cycle of a repeat. And that's where I think the enemy can get a lot of play, no pun intended, a lot of play when it's really not the enemy. It's the renewing of our mind that Jesus has given us the ability to do and being persistent in wanting to renew it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big, a big concept too, is that the abundance in like poverty and abundance exists in the same realm at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. So right now, people who are listening, they can literally see what God has given them, or they can also see what is missing. Right, For and sure. so we have the choice every day to say, "I want to see what God wants me to see." Right, I want to have the lens of the kingdom. I want to be able to see all the things He's blessing with, because Jesus died so that we can live life and life more abundantly. And He wasn't talking about riches and lifestyle and all these things. He was talking about the inner abundance that he came for right in the freedom spiritually as we, as we walk in uh, following him. And so what that 
freedom looks like is it looks like our ability to be able to see the things that God is doing in us, to see that where God is taking us, to be able to see the pathway to our to, to a better future, right? To be able to see the power that's in us and not be, walk around defeated by the lies of the enemy. So, so yeah, so that that identity piece is so huge, and walking in that inner abundance that God has called us to is an active choice. But one of the other one of the other um, resistances that's very real. Um, as we go after God vision is, is oppression and, and there's different types of oppression. You know, you have um, relationship oppression Well, this is where you might be going after a goal or vision and, and you have a spouse. So why are you doing that business again? Remember you tried last time it didn't work, you know, or you're building a ministry and they're like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, you're just wasting your time. Like you, you know, you could be spending it somewhere else or whatever it might be. You have a, a spouse that's, that's discouraging you. There's, there's a, a career oppression where you're in a job that takes 60 hours a week and you're drained and you don't have time to like work on your purpose or work on a ministry or give back at all. You're just like exhausted. Your boss doesn't care about your quality of life or anything. He wants you to do your job. And by the time you get home, you're, you're tired, right? Um, there's career oppression. You have financial oppression where it's like the rug just gets swooped out from underneath you. Every time you get ahead, something happens and it just brings you right back to ground zero. You have physical oppression where you literally lack energy. You're dealing with chronic fatigue. You're dealing with being drained physically or a sickness that prevents you from going after the things that you want to go after. You have um, dream oppression where literally the enemy can't get you when you're awake. So he gets you when you're asleep, right? Mm -hmm. Coming after you with, with nightmares. You have social oppression, right? This is where maybe you come from a certain background or you don't talk a certain way or look a certain way. And so it's a little bit more of a resistance to to make your vision happen. You have political oppression, which is what people in Ukraine are going through right now with wars and different agreements and policies that are impacting their ability to live. So there's all of these different oppressions, spiritual oppression, right? Um, uh, or, or religious oppression where you're in a church that just is very legalistic and they're there. They want you to just stay within the walls of their church and not go beyond that. Right. Um, so there's, there's all different types of oppressions. And, and so the cool thing is that Jesus is the, is the, the King escape artist. Like he paves a way for us to escape our oppressions. And what the word says is that we do that by focusing, not what is seen, but what is unseen. So for example, Let's say you have a spouse that's super negative as you're going after your vision or your calling and that spouse is discouraging you. But that's that's what is happening on the surface. But what is unseen is God is saying, son, daughter, don't worry about them. I haven't given them the vision. I've given you the vision. They may not understand yet, but when you begin to move into your purpose, they will begin to catch it. They will start to believe you continue to be faithful and I'm opening up doors for you. And so now you hear the voice of the father and he's showing you what's happening underneath the surface. And so now you don't have to get triggered at your spouse, but you can hold space for them, show up in love because God has revealed to you what he's doing, right? You might be in a career where you're just like working so many hours and you're exhausted and God is saying, son, daughter, I'm preparing a way right now. That job is preparing you for what I have next. Keep, you know, this is providing for your family for now, but I'm making a way. And so now you don't go to your job upset or bitter, but you go to your job grateful like, man, God's making a way, right? Um, you know, you might be dealing with a, um, a financial oppression and God is saying, son, daughter, I see you. You've been struggling in your finances, but I'm I'm opening up a door. I, I provide for you. You do not have to worry. And so what the enemy wants us to do is he wants to get us to focus on what is happening where God is trying to get us to see what's possible. And so when I'm dealing with an oppression or an external circumstance, 
I don't want to just see what's happening. I want to go straight to the Father and say, all right, Lord, show me what's happening here and give me the solution underneath the, the surface. Give me supernatural vision to see what you're doing because I want to be able to operate in the spirit. I don't want to be able to operate in my flesh and just respond to this, but I want to operate in wisdom and show me what's happening underneath the service. And that's a muscle as believers that we get to stretch when we're dealing with oppressions to move into the next season. That's incredible. I love all the examples of oppression. I'm not sure I would have dissected them that detailed, but I think it's so critical for us to be aware of that because as you were saying, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, if you're giving me a 360, it's every way we turn, there is some sort of oppression that can be in front of us. But you said in the precursor to that, it's it's based on sight, right? Not based on knowing, but based on the sight of how do we perceive. And the perception is what's going on in our mind. It's that thought pattern. And so if we're focused on gratitude, if we're focused on our blessings, if we're focused on the truth and the promises that are always yes and amen, it allows us to stay in that space of goodness, right? That space of peace, that space of comfort, that space of knowing and truth. And that way we walk into oppression armored up. And and I know that a lot of people might be listening who are like, I'm literally in the middle of it. I can't get out of it every way I turn. No matter how grateful I am, it still feels like the weight of the world is on me. How do you, how do you help them? How do you help them free themselves? Yeah, great question. So one of them is spiritual vision, but the next one is being able to break a poverty mindset. And so what the poverty mindset is, is it's our lack of limiting beliefs that hold us back or our lack of knowledge that holds us back from getting the breakthrough. So a lot of times, you know, there's different, well, there's different verses that say my people will perish because of lack of knowledge. Some verses say my people will perish because of lack of vision. Um, but, but the, when we're dealing with the poverty mindset, how do we know that it's because where we start talking like this, I don't know if, if I can do this, or I don't know if things will ever change. I don't know if, um, you know, if I'll ever, you know, if I have what it takes, right. And, um, no one ever helps me. I have to do this all by myself. So they're your limiting thoughts, right. And they're not kingdom thoughts. And so what we want to be able to do is focus on kingdom thinking. And there's a couple of ways that we can do this. And one of the best ways is to be able to be under uh, an anointing, somebody who has, who's a a leader of that is anointed. And the reason why is because you cannot elevate to a place in which you do not have honor for. Right. And so when you're under leadership, what begins to happen is that you begin to catch the patterns of success given to that leader by God. Right. Because the anointing powers you through the Holy spirit It empowers that leader to do a particular thing. But out of the anointing comes the pattern of success that you get to catch because the anointing is not always taught. It's caught. Right. So when you're under mentorship, when you're under coaching, when you're under leadership, you're able to see the pattern of success given to that person by God. And it accelerates your ability to get that result. So, for example, if your oppression is in a relationship, then what man or what woman can you can you step under to be able to learn from how they're doing relationships the right way? Because what happens is that it shines light on your blind spots, the areas that you can't see. And then you have revelations and you go, Oh my gosh, Lord, that's what it looks like to communicate, right? Like for example, one of the things I was struggling with in my marriage was I had a communication style of dictation versus invitation, which basically means that when something didn't go my way, 
I'll be like, well, you know, this is how I want it done and this is how it should look. So, you know, uh, it was very like direct, right? Versus invitation is, hey, what do you think about this idea? Right. What do you think about that? So that invites the conversation. One triggers my wife. One excites my wife. It draws a different response. Completely. Right. Dictation yeah. versus invitation. Right. Learning how to communicate through conflict. Right. Versus attacking somebody saying, well, when you do this, you always do that. Instead, it's, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. Is there a way that we can work on that? Right. So it's learning communication strategies. And so now you're no longer triggering your spouse, uh, you know, whether it's unintentional, whether it's unintentional or intentional, you're no longer right. doing it. Right. You've learned what it looks like to communicate with in love. Right. So, so having that coaching, it begins to expose areas you can't see. And now you begin to move at God's speed because there's a path and a way for you to get out. Same thing in business. I had one relationship that took me out of my struggle. He taught me how to do Facebook ads at a time. It was pennies per click. That one divine appointment completely changed the entire directory, uh, direction, trajectory, directory. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Both and. (laughs) Of my life from one relationship, right? So when you're dealing with an oppression, you want to move into a kingdom mindset. And a lot of times God uses people to help us elevate But there's also resources where we have to be able to ask ourselves, what am I listening to? Like a podcast like this, right? You're getting an inheritance of challenges that we've overcome. And now we're sharing the revelations with you. Um, You know, uh, Tamara has episodes on different topics that you can learn from on what are the best ways to think, right? And so that we can move our, our thought process to be more kingdom driven, going into the word, seeing how God thinks, understanding the nature and character of God. All of that begins to expose our thinking so that we can move more into God thinking. So sometimes we're not equipped and that's why we're in the oppression. And so it's our responsibility for the equipping. And we want to ask God to put the right resources to get equipped the right way. That's really good. Fit and Faith Media Co. is dedicated to activating mission-driven leaders in the marketplace by way of publishing, press, and play. Because your story doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others. We help you dissect and share your message through podcasting, book writing, and business development. These three areas are exactly how my team and I have opened doors to stages, become the best-selling author I always dreamed I'd be, and even the entrepreneur that energetically and joyfully shows up to serve each and every day. Literally nothing I do feels like work. Every day feels like play. And we'd love to help you live the same life of freedom and fun. If you're a speaker, a writer, or an aspiring business owner, let's jump on a call today to vision cast your future together. Go to www.fitinfaithmedia.com. Again, that's fitinfaithmedia.com. Book your call. If you're a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, or a wannabe, we can help you get there. Let's do it. So essentially, as you're talking, I'm just thinking through this evolution of spiritual maturity and that sometimes people think that when there is this experience or exchange with Jesus or they come to know him for the first time, that there's this like massive transformation. I was this and now I am this. And now, ah, right, the door is just open before you. And it's just not the way that it works. It's a, he's in the process of becoming every single day. And that spiritual maturity is the laying down of different parts of ourselves 
over and over again so that we become more like Jesus. And as you're, we talked through the mind, we talked through the sight, we talked through even our emotional knowledge, our relational knowledge. And yeah. he's constantly, obviously he's the best teacher. And people will think that if I just stay within his realm and his word a thousand percent, but I love how you're talking about the actual flesh as well. Like having spiritual guides, having mentors, having people that you can turn to, to hash it out, to speak it out. Um, and also to have them example it, we speak to the caught, not taught concept all the time, just in parenting, because it's really important. And I was, I was directively talked at, you know, for a very, very long time that I had the same communication style. And if it wasn't my way, I was, I was grumpy pants, right? (laughs) So I don't like that about myself. And so just constantly having to get back to that space of my hands are open. My heart is open. Let's explore this conversation together. And when we even invite Jesus into that space every day before we get our feet on the ground, head in the game, thinking here again, here's my task list for today, God, but instead present the day as in gratitude that I'm even breathing. God, have your way, have your will in my day. May I be open to your spirit where it guides me, where it leads me. May I close doors that are not meant for me. May I open doors that are. Will my schedule fall open in the space that I meant to spend time with you? Like I've had podcasts closed this past week. They like literally my, my tech was not working and I've done hundreds of these. And this specific day, the exact same tech not happening. I'm like, what is happening? And so instead we both being spirit filled, we were like, there's obviously another divine appointment. And I'm like, well, do you have an appointment? He's like, no, I'm like, do I have an appointment? No, I'm like this must be the divine appointment. And we had an incredible connection, incredible conversation that we would have otherwise not had live. And so it's this recognition that God's like literally gifting us little moments of treasure here on earth as it is in heaven, if we're open to it. And otherwise we're just in that supersonic, you said the word earlier, you'll be kind of in tandem with his pace. Pace is such an important word for me. And I think if people can learn that more, it's, it's vital for their belief system and for their, their actually every component of system, nervous system, right? Think of all the triggers, the anxiety, the depression that people are feeling, right? Yes. Which goes into the fourth resistance. This is the final one is the, is the flesh. Right. Yeah. yeah. People know a lot of believers don't know how to talk about the flesh. Like they, they refer to it as like the body or the skin or human nature, which all of it is true. But I think a great picture of what it is on a, on a more um, neuro level is, is it's our cellular memory. That's what mm-hmm. the flesh is. So, so you grew up seeing how your parents did certain things. You saw relationship patterns. You saw the way they spent their money. You saw the way that they had a relationship with God and all of that, all of those experiences began to form memory on how you do things or believe things should be a certain way. And the only job of the flesh is to move you into pleasure or to move you, uh, sorry, the only job of the cellular memory is they want to move you into pleasure and avoid pain. That's their entire job, right? That's why when you see ice cream or, or you see carbs in the afternoon, you know you should touch them because they're going to crash. Your body is like, you, it's harder to resist that because yeah. you grew up maybe seeing that as pleasure, right? Your body wants to bring that pleasure, but the, the cellular memory doesn't know what's actually good for you. It only knows what you've associated pleasure to it, right? 
And so that's why it's a battle with our spirit, because it's just wanting to draw whatever brings pleasure. And that's why Paul in the Bible talks about, I don't know why I keep doing the things I don't want to do, right? And then he goes on in, uh, in Corinthians to say he trains his body like an athlete, training it to do what it should, right? Is because we actually have to recondition or retrain our flesh. And so there's a spiritual phenomenon that happens where God renews the mind through spiritual surgery and he rewrites that cellular memory and a miracle takes place. But then there's the active role of things we can actually do to train our flesh to work for us and not against us. So what does that actually look like? When Romans, it says that we uh, overcome the, 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 the flesh by walking in the spirit. That's what the Bible says, right? So what does that actually look like? Well, one of the ways is that when you're in the spirit and you're getting a visual, like let's say, for example, you've been struggling with, um, you know, how you uh, show up in, let's say your relationships, let's just say, for example, right? Um, so so you begin to ask God, God, show me what it looks like to show up the way that you would. Show me what it looks like to to walk the way Jesus would walk in this scenario. And you begin to see it over and over and over again, Right. The subconscious mind doesn't know what's real or what isn't. Only the conscious mind does. So what that means is that you're creating that new reality. And that's why the Bible says to meditate on the word day and night, because you begin to see it over and over and over and over again, that it rewrites the cellular memory so that you can start to walk in the pictures that you're seeing that God is putting into your mind. So there's there's visualization that helps and meditation that helps on the word, right? Then you have the uh, the Bible says, hold every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So now when you see your thoughts that aren't in alignment, you write it down on a piece of paper. And then on the other side of the piece of paper, you go, okay, God, what sh- what thought should replace this, right? And you write the kingdom thought. So now every time you think of that thought, boom, it triggers the kingdom thought. And so you begin to change the neural pathways and how you respond to situations so that your mind starts to work for you and it gets obedient to align with the word of God, right? And so the Bible also says to leave no provision for the flesh, which means that if you're struggling, let's say, for example, with lust, you don't go into a room with the door closed with another woman, right? Right, or, right, or, right, right, right. Or another man if you're married, right? right? Or or if you're struggling with, with, with overeating, then you got to make sure you don't have food in your fridge that's yep. unhealthy, right? Yep. You, gotta, you, you can't leave provision for the flesh. Yep. So, so with that is, is that the solution to overcoming the flesh is walking in the spirit, learning to picture what God wants us to live like, learning to hold every thought captive and la- making it obedient to, to the word of God and not even leaving room for the flesh if it's possible in that situation. And so these are the four resistances you have. You have the spirit of poverty, which is resisting the enemy's voice and getting him to, when he tries to get you to focus on lack. We do that by stepping into our identity in Christ. Uh, oppression, when you're dealing with the real circumstance, the solution to that is spiritual vision in seeing what God is doing underneath the surface. And then breaking the poverty mindset, which is the third resistance, moving into a kingdom mindset, learning to think like God thinks, and also breaking the resistance of the flesh to get it in a line in accordance with the will of God. If you can break past those four resistances, you can, you know, not only accomplish amazing things in the kingdom, reach your destiny, you can overcome challenges, but you'll be able to walk in victory and in the abundance that Jesus called. And I'll, I'll wrap up with this, that all four of those, they all tie into one another. So if you are dealing with the poverty mindset, it will affect your oppressions. If you are dealing with the flesh where you're, where you're, um, you know, your flesh is ruling you, it can lead you into an oppression or it can keep you in a poverty mindset. 
right? Um, if you're that, if you're coming to agreement with the lies of the enemy, then it ties into all of them. So they all work together. But the cool thing is those solutions that God revealed to me in my prayer time, it, it it's a way for you to go to battle, right? And this is what I'll say to to wrap up here. So I have so much to say on this, but it's so good. I love it. But I'll say this is that a lot of believers struggle with what is their choice and what is God's choice. So they get saved and like, okay, God, like I'm going to rely on you for, for my finances, or I'm going to rely on you to, to fix my husband. I'm going to rely on you to fix my, whatever it might be. Right. What part do we rely on God for? And what part do we make the decision for? Right. It's our job to make sure that we know our identity in Christ first and foremost, that we know what he says about us so that we do not come into agreement with the lies of the enemy. It's our job to seek him in wisdom when we're dealing with an oppression, not avoid, not avoid dealing with it. We go to him with wisdom, right? To seek the wisdom. It's our job to develop a kingdom mindset. Meaning if he gives you a calling like if you are struggling and you're, say you're a man listening to this or even a woman and you need finances, then it's our job to get equipped, right? So then that means that you've got to be good in your budgeting. You've got to be good in your ability to produce income because even a Proverbs 31 woman brings some food into her home, right? She brings in some dough, right? Exactly. She brings some help, right? Some resources. And as a man, it's our job to provide and be providers in the home. So it's our job to get equipped to be the provider. Right. And then on the on, on the, the last one is, is our job to be able to overcome the flesh through the, by being in the spirit. That's what's our responsibility in that we're praying that God gives us the strength to do all these things, to download things into us, to give us the empowerment to break these resistances. But we can't ex- we can't just do the prayer part and expect everything else to be broken off. Because there are some things that if you seed in the, in the spiritual realm, it will produce fruit in, in, in that spiritual realm, or it may manifest in the natural. But we have to be able to um, sow seeds in the area that produce the fruit. Like if you, for example, pray and tithe, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be financially successful. Because God doesn't guarantee that even if you tithe. It just says he'll pour, open up the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing. That doesn't necessarily mean money right? You still got to work. You still got to work with wisdom and be smart with your time and value your time and, you know, provide righteous acts of service and get paid that way. Right. So, so I share that because when you start to take more responsibility, but you're deep in relationship with God, there's just a beautiful blend because we're able to access miracles. Only some of the miracles we can access by faith, which means we're stepping out and doing the work. Like the lady who touched Jesus's robe, she activated that because of her faith. She didn't take that action. That miracle doesn't happen, yeah. right? So we've got to have a blend and a balance of a reliance on God, but a responsibility to become obedient to what God has called us to be with the resources he's given us. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. wrap that up. So many. I mean, I could go a thousand directions if we have so little time. I think the, the finale point of that is the activation of faith. Like that is a huge part of how I, I just propel people. It's how I want people to just like have that light on the inside of them, that, that fire, you know, that's like, I've got to go do something, right. not 
I feel great. I'm just going to sit here and soak, though I love my soaking time too. Yes, I love right? soaking time. Yes. Oh. But I'm like, let's go, right? At the end of the day, I'm like, we've got a, we've got an entire nations upon nations who need to hear the the good name, need to hear his name, need to hear the glory that's on your life and um, what he's done for us. And I think that there's just a magnificence because in so many of the stories, both Old Testament and New Testament, but specifically with Jesus, it was by faith that the healing took place. And faith is an action. Faith is a doing. Faith is a being. And that stems right back full circle to identity. And so it's just, it's incredible the way that you laid it out. Do you have that in a book yet? I have a free course. Okay. Breaking the Spirit of Poverty. Yes. And I actually, it's crazy. I I have the link, I think. Already tagged here. Yeah. If you just go to adamimoutflores.com, adamimobflores.com and you go to programs, um, okay. you'll be able to click on that and um, it'll take you to the direct page to get uh, the free course to it. So good. So, I mean, so many people need that, especially entrepreneurs who are on the rise because so many are hungry. They feel like they've gotten that seed, that deposit, that God vision, that calling. And they're like, yes, I'm stepping into it. I'm stepping into it. But there's these glass ceilings so many glass ceilings. And I feel like that's exactly what you're speaking to. Yeah, absolutely. If you can overcome the resistances, you'll break past that spirit of poverty. Like I'm telling you, like so many people walk around with it and you could even sometimes see it in their eyes where they're glazed over. They're just lost hope. Sometimes you see it with their words. They're always talking in the victim perspective. Like, yeah, yeah. like she always did this to me or my dad wasn't there. or This always mm-hmm. happens to me. Sometimes you see it in their confidence. They just have been, life has knocked the shout out of them with real struggles, but they haven't, they haven't learned how to fight through them. So the struggles have overtaken them. Um, So this is a very powerful tool to share uh, with people who, you know, maybe dealing with it and not in an insulting way. It's like, Hey, I came across this great course. You got to watch it. We've had over a thousand students take it already. And it's been amazing amazing. the feedback uh, and how it's setting people free in a lot of ways. That's incredible, Adam. I know that you're a wealth of knowledge. You guys obviously just learned that in the last 45 minutes, no doubt. Um, but it's it's in so many different layers. So I highly encourage you guys to get in tune with both of his podcasts. As I mentioned, the Smart Hustle Show and the Spirit Driven Success Show. Uh, and and honestly, Adam, like I'm just really grateful every time that I've had time with you. You're so giving of your yourself in, in a lot of layers, not just with words. And so I'm grateful for your energy share, even across the nation. Um, one day we'll be in person together and it'll be awesome. But I just appreciate you so much, brother. I'm grateful to have somebody on the other side of, of the country fighting. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're all a team building the kingdom, leading people to Jesus. We're in a marketplace ministry as well. So it's just beautiful. I'm, I'm grateful that, that the Lord has crossed our path so that we get to do this. Likewise. I know this won't be the last time we chat. You guys, we love you. Peace out. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. 
We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com 